We got comic books and comics news, comics insights and reviews, comics girls and comics dudes, sipping on some freshly brewed. Cause it's comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee, comics and coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Nikki Alfaro. Hey, guys. All right, so it has been, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been six months, seven months, almost a year. I don't even know how long. I feel like it was, like, during the summer, the last time that I, I did one of these. Um, my, my, my former uh, co-host, Mara Wood, is incredibly busy with work, and all of her schooling and, and everything, so we have been unable to put this together for a very long time, and finally, finally, we both decided that if the show was going to continue, it had to continue without her. So I asked Nikki to, to step in and, and be my co-host, and I'm, I'm super excited. I'm on video now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> um, so Nikki, for people who don't, you, you guessed it on the podcast before, but yeah. for people who maybe not, don't know you, um, what, 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 what's your, uh, what's your comic book love? What's the thing you love most in comics? Um, Superboy, pre-New 52 Superboy, that's, that's, when I first got into comics at, like, age five or six, I had a really big crush on him, and then that love has just stayed. <laughs> um, and then second would be Greg Rucka, because that got me back into comics the second time, or the permanent time around. <laughs> um, and I guess now it's... I'm just trying to, like, try everything, I think, at this mm. point. Um, started out with superhero comics and Archie and then stayed with that for a very, very long time. And then with Saga, um, I got to uh, be introduced to the, the creator-owned works, which is incredible, especially since with Greg Rucka after the whole DC thing, it was great to um, discover his other works, and um, especially with Stumptown. That was a big, big one. Um, and now it's, this year I promised myself I'd try like even more new things, things that I turn my back on, like Valiant or Top Cow. So... I'm having fun exploring those. Awesome. Yeah, I've been uh, actually at sort of a um, similar resolution th this year. I've been uh, reading Valiant stuff as well um, to try to you know, give that a, a fair shake. And I have made a resolution to not only read stuff that maybe I've avoided or um, just haven't gotten into before that people have suggested to me, but also to go back and to read some of the stuff that I've generally been negative about without really ever having given it a chance, even though I expect not to like it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we talk a lot on the show about, you know, the uh, the original image books, like the, you know, the, the, the Tom McFarlane, Rob Liefeld stuff, and how it's really not a, a cup of tea, and a lot of that, for me, it's just basically going off of situation in which it was created and just the way it looks. You know, it, it, visually to me, 
it doesn't really appeal to me. But I've never really sat down and tried to read any of those series um, and, and really to see like what it is about them that I either do like or do not like. So at some point this year, I'm going to try to read an arc of kind of the original Image series, so Youngblood and Spawn, um, uh, Wildcats, stuff like that. I, I fully expect probably not to like <laughs> them, but I'm going to at least give it a try. <clears throat> I started off with, um, you know, the the new artist for Rat Queens. I don't know how to pronounce his name, <laughs> but um, he does a lot of top cow stuff. So that's how I started um, being like, okay, maybe maybe I should maybe I should check it out. So I picked up Aphrodite Nine. Um, the art is just spectacular. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about the plot, but it's intriguing enough that I still want to stick with it. But the art is definitely what brought me and kept me in. So I'm excited to go through that and uh, Witchblade. I think I'm going to go to check that out first. Cool, yeah, and those are all things, again, for me. I have same, we have kind of similar blind spots in, in, in that way. And the new artist for Rat Queens, I think it's Steven Sedgwick, I'm going to say. Like, that's... <laughs> How I'm going, going to pronounce that's how, it. That's how I pronounce it, too. Yeah, I'm sure it's absolutely wrong, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the preview pages I've seen and the images I've seen look great, and it was interesting because it was like a weird intersection because right when people on our forum started bringing it up, seemed to be the him up as a creator and the, the Death Vigil series, which is the one that people seem to bring up the most, the, the Rat Queen's announcement happened. So it was a very interesting intersection of of time. Um, so I'm excited to check that stuff out as well. You know, I, you know, at this point, after you know being knee deep in it for over three years, I kind of, and at the beginning, I didn't even know what I liked. You know, I was still discovering what I liked, and I, I feel like in the last year, I kind of hit this place where I knew what I liked, um, and I was just kind of reading the stuff that I I knew I liked now. And it was sort of a comfort zone, and I don't like being in that comfort zone. You know, as easy as it is, I, I don't <clears> want to <throat> fall into the fact that I'm just reading the stuff that I, I like, and the new stuff starts sort of starts to fall by the wayside. You know, like I know that there are writers that I love and artists that I love, and I'm always going to follow them. But I think by I feel like I stopped branching out a little bit this year, and by doing that. I'm never going to discover the new artists and writers that I love, so I need to keep pushing myself to branch out. Image made it easy because all the all the creators just were doing new and new things, like newer and newer things. So it kind of never felt like we were not branching out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it, but it's it becomes this thing, right? Where like somewhere like Image, where all these creators that I, I love, like Kelly Sue DeConnick and Scott Snyder and J Jeff Lemire or whoever they are, they, they're announcing or putting out projects, and those projects are new and fresh. Um, but because they're putting out so much work outside of their superhero and regular work, you know, I, 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 you start looking at the books that come out that aren't by someone you know, and I'm less likely to give it a chance because I'm like, well, this is one of the Image books that isn't by the, you know, the, the, one of the big people that I know. So unless I hear something really, really great about it, I'm probably not going to pick it up. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So there's stuff like Lady Killer and a bunch of other like image books that come out. Like there's books like Manifest Destiny and stuff like that, which I never even picked up that I hear are great. You know, and, and so 
my, I'm going to push myself this year to make sure that I read those books and don't let them just go by the wayside. Yeah. Um, so we have a couple things we wanted to, to chat about today. Uh, two people, actually. <laughs> um, so uh, we, had, we had someone on the forums, uh, and I'm going to get their name up right now so I can, I can give them the credit. Um, this is a Toxic Sooner. Uh, he said, uh, first want to say I'm looking forward to the, to the, to the new podcast. If people don't know, because we hit our goal on Patreon, this will be both a video show and it will be put out in podcast form. Yay. So you guys can hear it both ways. Um, so in spirit of the podcast title, I offer the following topics. Coffee. Um, is regular, regular coffee with maybe a little cream and sugar versus the triple mocha, vanilla swirl, non-fat, soy, double foam, blah, blah, blah style coffees. You guys have any preference, favorite, or just general discussion? Um, and kind of playing off of that, Dominique McGill, um, who is at uh, Graffiti Band Bandit One on Twitter, says, "What's your best technique for making coffee? Mine is adding vanilla flavoring." Uh, so, Nikki, you're not drinking coffee. No. Do you even like coffee? I love coffee. Um, if you guys are Torontonians, you probably know that I frequent the Silver Snail a lot and they are attached to a cafe, uh, appropriately called the Black Canary Espresso Bar. Um, so I'm always there. I don't make my own coffee, unfortunately. Um, and I only really like drip coffee with milk. <laughs> um, but every once in a while I splurge and I get the, the Dark Phoenix, which is a spicy hot chocolate with a shot of espresso. That sounds delicious or um, the Poison Ivy, uh, which is a mint mocha, I think, latte. Had I, mint in it, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I really need a... We really need a cool coffee shop with those kind of names around here. That sounds awesome. Um, uh, but for me, uh, I like all kinds of coffee. You know, I... For me, my general taste and everything run towards the more extreme, so kind of the darker and more flavorful for me, the better. Uh, I love espresso. I love, like, a really, really good cappuccino. Um, but a really good, like, dark roast, like a, like a French roast or an Italian roast or something like that with just a little bit of sweetener in it um, is usually is kind of my, my, my sweet spot. You know, the, the better the coffee, the less I have to put in it. You know, for, like, general, like, everyday coffee, be, you know, because I'm not... Um, not made of money. Uh, I can, I, you know, I, I have to put a, a good amount of stuff in it to make it good for me. So here right now I'm just drinking something regular out of, of you know, my Keurig, you know, some some coffee pods with some hazelnut creamer in it. Uh, that's generally what I go for it, on a regular morning. So yeah, so that, that's that, that's my deal with, with the coffee. I know it's super interesting to everybody. We <laughs> <laughs> like in, in our coffee. Uh, and usually I have about two cups in the morning before, before I go to work. Um, so Toxic Sooner had another question for us here on the forums. Uh, comics. With the abundance of new comics that come out via relaunch, reboot, creator-owned, etc., what are some factors that influence you to try a new series, and how do you decide whether to stay with it monthly, trade-weight it, or dump it all together? And as a follow-up to that, how many issues do you give a book before you make the decision? So, Nikki, what about... what? what what makes you want to pick up a new series? Um, I think the first thing is the creative team. Um, like we were talking about before, if we're familiar with the creative team, we're most more, more likely to pick it up. Um, 
and usually I keep up with it, so I know which which series is coming out the the week of. Um, if I'm trying anything new, usually it's the cover that gets me and the title. Um, I can't really think of any examples right now. Um, but it has happened once or twice. Like I like to do a wild card to mix it up um, with my regular uh, pull. Um, I usually give it a full arc. Um, if I can't afford it, three issues, <laughs> two or three issues. Um, it happened to me with Deadly Class. I really, I really love the art, but something about it um, on a month-to-month -month basis, at least in the first arc, I couldn't keep up with it. Can't find my phone, so I can't turn off that. Turn that off. Um, so with Deadly Class, and then I picked up the trade, and I ended up loving it. So um, here's that dumping it completely. Yeah, if, if I'm not enjoying it in like the first couple issues, then I really don't want to be spending my money on it. That's usually my my um, low point. Like. We we read comics because we love it and we enjoy it. So if we're not doing that, then why are we buying it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I agree with you almost completely on, on what you said, and even in the uh, the manner in which you do it. I I am a little more cutthroat about about books. Like if I if I don't love something nearly or usually right away, um, if it if issue two comes out on on a very busy week where there's a lot of other books coming out. It will it will usually hit the the trash pile nearly immediately. If it's in a week where there's not a lot happening, I will absolutely you know pick it up and, and see uh, what, what, if it goes anywhere. And and then in that situation, I kind of wait till the arcs are over, and if it gets a lot of really good word of mouth, then I'll think about picking up the trade to to read it. Um, I you know to for me to get to read something, it's very similar. Creative team is is huge. Um, but like we talked about before, it's very easy to fall into a pattern where you're only reading the books by the people that you know you like in, in, in that in that case. And that's where I actually think, and you know, we we uh, we have our criticisms of the the big two and and how they do what they do. But one of the good things about the big two is that because they have characters that you have investment in already, a lot of times I will get to know and get to like certain creators because they happen to go on to a character that I, I, I have an affinity for. Um, and that way I can at least, I can warm up to, you know, to a character, to a person, to, to a team of people. Um, an artist, you know, a lot of times it happens that like an artist will fill in on something, on like an X-Men book or an Avengers book or Spider-Man <clears throat> or something, and I'll be like, wow, this is gorgeous, amazing art. And then when their name pops up in any sort of solicitation, my, you know, my interest gets piqued. Because I want to see what what they have going on and what what it they're doing. It happened with Miss Marvel um, and that Wolverine, the fill-in artist. Yeah, Jake Wyatt. Yeah. yeah, I was really impressed, and um, I just like I've been keeping an eye out for him solicits since then. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's great. That was great stuff, and especially impressive because the regular artist Adrian Afana is obviously amazing. So the fact that someone can impress you in a fill-in way like that. I, th I think you, you definitely start to take notice of, of those things, and I think that's a big part for me. Is, is at least names that I recognize, or you know, I'll, I can read plot descriptions, and if it really interests me, then I'll, I'll still pick it up. But you know, it, it becomes to the point where you know, 
there are plots that really interest me. Sci-fi plots are, are very big with me, but there are so many books now that, that are sci-fi focused. <laughs> written by Rick Remender alone. Rick Remender has like seven books that he writes that are, that are all sci-fi focused. So it really has to stand out to me as far as the, the plot goes for me to really want to read it now. Um, so creative team is, is, is a big deal. There'll be times where I'm in the shop or I'm looking through a pile and there's just a book that seems to stand out to me that, that, I'll, that I'll pick up um, just based on art maybe and be like, wow, this is just so beautiful. I need, I need to pick it up. But yeah, it, it really depends. And it's stuff that I... There's definitely stuff also that I, I read and I think it's great, but I immediately think I don't want to read this on a month-to-month basis. I want to read it all in one lump and, and I'll enjoy it. You want the whole chapter. Exactly, exactly. Instead of I like mean, a segment of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think oh. that... It's the right that I think that comics have this same thing that TV has, right? Where it's like there is there is something about reading month to month or issue to issue that it, or watching episode to episode that's awesome, but usually things are going to be better when you have the, you can read through the complete story at at, at a certain pace. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 how I feel about it. Um, so there was something that, that came out. Um, was it yesterday, I believe, that this was it the day before that this hit? It was on sometime this week. It, I believe it was after Tuesday. Yeah. It was after we recorded <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> uh, but I, I can't, I can't be mad because we have, so, we had so much news to talk about that. I, uh, it's yeah, okay. You guys have been lucky so far. I know it's been pretty crazy. Uh, it will not continue. It will not continue. <laughs> uh, but that's why this show is here as well because we can cover stuff that we miss on the on the regular podcast. Um, so. Boom Studios uh, is kind of forwarding this movement called Push Comics Forward, and it's hashtag Comics Forward um, on Twitter, and it's very much you know what it what it what it sounds like. And and there's a, there's a a very long not very long but a, a nice blog entry that you can go to from Ross Ritchie, uh, founder and CEO of Boom, uh, at pushcomicsforward.com, but it basically, um, it's all about not looking backwards. It's about looking forward. It's about pushing the, the industry to a place where it can be more inclusive and, and less exclusive. And it, you know, it's calling for everyone, you know, fans and creators alike, to to become part of this movement. You know, it's been something that I think has been talked about and has been brewing for a long time. But it feels like the first time that a publisher has got up there and stood up and said, this is the way we're going to do things from now on. Um, someone who can really change the industry in that way, um, which I thought was, was pretty amazing. What, what, what even... What have you taken away from this, Nikki? Um, it's... Like, Boom has really impressed me in, like, the last year or so. And uh, to see them really, really push for this... Um, it's it's really inspiring. Um, I I got into comics in the late '90s, so at the time I wasn't complaining about it. But really, the only characters I had to look up to that kind of sort of looked like me sometimes were like Psylocke and Jubilee. And Psylocke's not even really Asian, so it's British Asian. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's nice to see that um, representation and diversity is uh, really at the forefront for uh, this publisher. 
Um, and we've seen we've seen a lot of comics that have been pushing for that diversity, and it's not just diversity. It's uh, diversity. And I've mentioned this mentioned this on Twitter. It's diversity without tokenism mm -hmm. or stereotyping. So we've seen that with Gotham Academy. Um, we've seen that with Lumberjanes. It's it's really it's it'll be really nice to see it uh, expand further uh, in 2015. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's you know I, I think that um, w th this topic is obviously um, a sensitive one, and it's something that it takes a lot of discussion and a, and a lot of work to 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 push. And I think that sometimes you know people hear us talk about it and, and hear and I think that people mistake us saying that we want to see this representation throughout everything as saying that the characters that do get represented in it have to be perfect or something like that you know that they that they're, that they're that they can't be villains that they can't be bad people that they whatever and it's not about that you know it's not about saying that one group needs to be shown as perfect and is untouchable it's the fact that it, the time has come for you know, doing comics where all the good guys are white and all the bad guys have brown skin. You know, that that's that's the thing. Like, there there can be a bad a bad guy with an ethnic background, but you, you need to represent it not just as the ethnicity being the reason why that person is a bad guy. You know, that's you know, it's tokenism on both sides in that case. And I think that I think that people need to understand that that it's not about <clears throat> lifting up one group above another. It's literally about making things equal because things have never been equal. You know, because every, listen, every every main character um, and every hero in every book, they look like me. That's what they, that's what they look like. So I've been represented just fine, and I will continue to be represented just fine for for the rest of my life. I have no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I got married this year, and I'm planning on starting a family. And uh, you know, I want if I have a daughter, I want her to be able to look at these things that I love and see herself reflected in them just as much as I'm reflected in them, you know, and when I think about it in that way, I want everyone to be able to look at it and enjoy it, because I want everybody to be able to read this stuff and enjoy this stuff for the same reasons th that I do, and the only way you do that is by pushing and making a stink and making a change, you know, you don't, things don't change by people just sitting back and letting, and saying, okay, things will get better, that's not how things work, it's not how, things have never worked that way, so you need to do it, and I think that a, a, a studio standing up, a studio especially on the rise, like Boom, uh, a studio that I think has gotten a lot of attention over the last couple of years, it, it, I think it's very important, you know, and I think that much like you've seen with the other publishers starting to pick up that Boom has successful books that cater to different people, they've started to replicate that. I talked about it on the podcast, but Squirrel Girl, I think, is in a direct, a direct response to Boom books like Lumberjanes becoming so big. No doubt, it's it's uh, it. I got a total like kaboom feel to it. <laughs> Absolutely, that hopefully this movement spills out as well. And the publishers are like, the publishers aren't they're not it's not they're aren't trying. You can you can tell Marvel is definitely trying, but you need to be out out there and say it because if you don't come out there and say it, then you know the, the people who want to be stuck in the past are not going to be pushed forward. They're gonna they're gonna think that without the the people that they they seemingly look up to so much, saying you need to change the way you think about all of this stuff, they're gonna just think that it's, you know, that it, that it's not approved by them, or they're gonna make up some conspiracy in their mind. It's pandering. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, it's always so funny to me. That, that, that term used derogatorily is so funny to me because literally, as a white man, that's all that ever happens to us. We get pandered to every single moment of our lives. That's the whole, every piece of advertising, every piece of everything, and no one ever says it then, you know? It, it's the same thing when people talk about the Ghostbusters thing and, and everything. You know, it's been... <laughs> It's just funny to me. It's, I don't think a lot of people mean what they're saying. Uh, um, people definitely do. I think some people just don't, aren't used to... They don't realize what their words are actually meaning you know, when, when they say certain things. And that's something everyone needs to be called out on. It needs to be, needs to be shown. And I think this is great. Yeah. Um, and I think people... If you guys... Go to the hashtag Comics Forward and you'll see lots of people talking about it. Lots of creators, lots of big people in the industry. Uh, talking about it. Uh, we have a couple of people who are, are going with our, our hashtag, uh, talking Java, and asking us questions or giving us comments. Um, and if you guys want to comment along with Comics and Coffee, use hashtag talking Java. Um, I was going to use Comics and Coffee, but somebody was, someone's already using that, so could not use it. <laughs> um, so this is uh, Mike at Liberal Bastion. He says, if you could make one continuity change to Marvel and DC that could not be undone, what would it be? Nikki, what do you think? Oh my gosh, I need a minute to think about this. Okay. You go first. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I don't know if there's one specifically that I would like, but I think that holding in place the uh, significant events that make characters and shape characters in the way they are, you know, the biggest example, Bruce's you know, parents being uh, dead. Obviously that's never going to change, but Uncle Ben being dead, like stuff like that I think is stuff that needs to stay and I understand the the desire to maybe change it to do something different to make new stories to you know surprise people, but um, there I'm all for big changes and I and I actually welcome them because I think that they bring in and welcome new people in. But I think that you need to be able to keep significant moments that kind of shape characters in in place, or it starts to unravel uh, the bedrock of what it is you're doing. All right, Nikki, you had a couple minutes. <laughs> uh, if I can make one continuity change, that can be undone. Um, can I undo the one more day thing? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I just thought that was such a stupid thing. <laughs> but why don't you explain to people if they don't know what one more day is? Um, they basically just erased. Uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane's marriage, <laughs> um, because uh, who is the demon that wanted it erased? I totally forgot. A demon wanted it erased, <laughs> and he made a deal with Peter because Aunt May's life was on the line, mm -hmm. and and it was erased. <laughs> um, I wasn't reading too closely to Spider-Man, but I just looked at it and was just like, that's not going to make me want to read it anymore. <laughs> right. Um, though I am reading it now because Spider-Verse is actually really, really fun. It is. It's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, stuff like that I always find interesting because I don't, without knowing the, the motivations, you know, behind the scenes for things like that, um, I don't know if it was that they felt like the, the stories they could tell with Peter and Mary Jane to kind of hit a hit a wall, you know, for them that maybe they had to 
they had, they had come to the end of... They couldn't really think of any new stories, and they didn't want to have the characters get divorced, because that's a, not a very <laughs> fun comic booky thing to do. Uh, I don't it's know. I mean, demon erase the marriage. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> dramatic story, uh, and there's some interesting stuff that happens there, and, it, and it's an emotional story, and one of the things I love so much about Spider-Man is that I, I feel like of all the big heroes in the big two, he's he has the best emotional core to most of his books. Um, but I understand how that could definitely turn to turn someone off to it. Um, so uh, Zach Alexander, who's at North TX Zach, says, "Have you guys checked out Clone by Image Comics?" Uh, I have not. Nikki, have you no. read it? No, I always see it, and I always think I'll pick it up, but then something else catches my eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Um, uh, at Harmonica339 says, I also started reading Witchblade in response of discovering uh, Sedgic, but <laughs> the first issues are hard to get through. It's pretty much the exact opposite of what, co- what comics are trying to do now, but I heard it gets better after the Origins volume. Uh, but if you get to know Cedric's stuff, his creator-owned stuff, Death Vigil, Sunstone, and Ravine, is is really the way to go. Um, Death Vigil is amazing, Bobby. You need to check it out. Like then I definitely will. Spectacular. Awesome, awesome. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, and then maybe we'll we'll get a chance to talk about it on future comics and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more question here from this is from Zach Alexander again using the hashtag Talking Java. <laughs> Before a comic book series gets canned. Do you think the creative team should try graphic novels? Um, do you think publishers should allow it? So I think he's saying, you know, a book like, let's say, The Movement or something like that, which, um, it, you know, it gets canceled um, because of low sales. Do you think that before it gets canceled, uh, it should be allowed to maybe run in some standalone graphic novels before it, before it hits, the, hits, the, hits the chopping block? What do you think, Nikki? That's a great idea. I don't know how viable that is, but... Um... I know Marvel does a lot of standalones, but they also like heavily rely, like Spider-Man, Family Business, it, like they they rely on their their number one characters mm-hmm. um, to have those standalones. So it's a great idea. I just don't know if they would be able to pull it off. Yeah, you know, I don't know the financial model of stuff like that. Uh, I would, you know, I think that a lot of times, maybe not directly to close it out or to try it out to see if the series could keep going, but I think that for certain series like The Movement or smaller character series, because there are times, like Marvel, DC, <clears throat> they will always try to bring characters back in ongoing series, and sometimes there are just certain characters who cannot maintain their own ongoing series um, you know, in, a, uh, in any sort of financial or, or sales way. It's just it's not going to happen. They, they always try it with certain characters, and they just can never keep it going. And I think the answer to that is to do more, maybe not graphic novels, but miniseries. You know, things that are set, like, okay, we're going to do a movement series. Gail Simone's doing a limited series. It's 12 issues, and it's about this. And I think that you're able to drum up more interest and drum up, um, make, make yourself stand out from the pack a little bit more by, by doing things like that. Um, and it also gives people a sense, like, okay, I know I have to buy 12 issues, but that's it. You know, I don't have to think about commitment of you know, two, three, four, five, six years uh, on one book. And for characters like that or, you know, or, you know, when I, I think that DC has made some bold but strange moves with some of the characters they've decided to give ongoing series to in the new 52 post, even at launch and then post-launch. 
You know, I, I think things like um, Vibe and Katana and stuff like that are characters that I just don't think have any pull to even a comic book audience. Forget about a mainstream audience, of course. And I, you know, I, I think that doing things like that in a more in a more miniseries form, I, I think, make more sense because you you have less pressure and the sales number sales figures are allowed to be different uh, on books like that. But I think there's a reason why they don't do that, and that's because it just don't, doesn't work out for them financially. In the end, it's a business, and if it doesn't work out financially, then they're not going to publish the books. It's just the way it goes, you know? So, yeah. So I think that's going to do it for our first episode of Comics and Coffee. Um, you, you guys want to get in touch with us, of course, it's at Talking Comics on Twitter, and use that hashtag, talk, Talking Java, and we'll be able to track your comments all week um, and leading up to our next show next Friday. Um, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. And uh, Nikki, what's yours? I am at I am Asian Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, actually, oh, before we do that, speaking of your your your, your handle, the um, Toxic Schooner on the forums wants to know where you got your avatar art from. Oh, on the forums, yeah, that's uh, Dustin Nguyen. Mm-hmm. Um, I got his art book last year, and I just fell in love with it. And there was Tascane and. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a big fan of Cascade. <laughs> so. <laughs> cool. Hmm. All right, awesome. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of Comics and Coffee. Have a great day, everybody, and we will see you next week. We got comic books and comics news, comics insights and reviews, comics girls and comics dudes, sipping on some freshly brewed. Cause it's comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee, comics and coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way.